Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the AEW Dynamite Review. We are the Dudley Boys of What Culture. I'm Adam Wilborn, joined by Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube, uh, where we do daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Collision, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Hanfield and Sidgwick to review last night's Dynamite. What a show this was, Sidge. Mostly an incredible show that I was hugely energized by that, quite frankly, given my wider malaise about all things wrestling, I think I needed. Um, again, I will be consistent I'm not yet going to declare as if it's up to me. <laughs> that the, the power the arbiter is, of the, the arbiter, the ombudsman of all elite wrestling. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to just declare that the power is back. It will take months and months for it to really, really come back. I will say, as my succinct take on things, right, is that Tony Khan has been tweeting, 2024 will be the new 2021. And we interpreted that as double signings or big free agents mm-hmm. and all the rest of it, which we all but know is the case. Um, and now it's literally true in the case of something we'll delve into deeper on this podcast. But there was, as good as some Dynamites have been, and as great as some recent episodes of Collision have been, I'm still missing the flair, the thought. Like even they abandoned this one, right? I was writing a list about unsolved AEW mysteries, which you can catch on wokkulch.com slash WWE. And like, even though it was abandoned, so you can't really put them over for it. The backstage who attacked John Moxley, like red herrings out the ass. Mm-hmm. Just the thought that was so dialed in when his Mox's legs were shaped in the hanged man tarot yeah. card in the shape of a four at the same time when the horseman teasers were Mm -hmm. kind of there. It was just like, bang, 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 idea, idea, Mm -hmm. detail, detail, detail. We're not there yet. Maybe we'll never get to that again. But there was a lovely, lovely detail just sprinkled ahead of that main event segment, that post-match angle. That was just, ah, couldn't have loved it more. Yeah, this delivered as advertised, Mm. which is not easy. That's the thing with wrestling, isn't it? Like, they'll give you, like, all these matches or all this, all these things to get excited about, and you want them to deliver on your expectations. It might not deliver on how you would have booked a thing, or but you just want to like it and you want to feel something for it. And, th- like, there were things I liked more than others on this Dynamite, and it, it wasn't, like, perfect, but 
it was just such, it was so refreshing to have a card, as we previewed yesterday, that for the most part was really stacked mm. and then come away from a dynamite feeling like they managed to pretty much pull off everything they were attempting. Sid mentioned yesterday about that weird thing. It's not a curse. It's not a hex, but it does feel like every now and then something goes awry that you couldn't have accounted for. Nothing On the good-looking dynamites. Yeah, and nothing like that really happened here. Nearly did in one of the matches, but then that was uh, Karma knocking on Chris Jericho's door. Mm. I think. So, like, otherwise, um, I just, like, loads of... I'm already starting to loathe the feeling, mm -hmm. but I just felt a lot for what I was watching. Mm. Well, let's dive straight into it because obviously it opened with that big one-on-one -on -one match to determine who was going to face Samoa Joe at AEW Revolution. Swerve Strickland versus Hangman Adam Page. Uh, it went to a draw, so there's no point really covering any of the action. Um, but I'm joking, of course. Um, they tried to kill each other yet again. Uh, early on, they spill to the fullest, go over the barricade and what have you. Strickland takes over with a big boot early on. Page comes back with a fallaway slam. Um, I didn't realize as well that Swerve was going to be the one cheered more here. Yeah. AEW did. Mm -hmm. mm. AEW did. Um, so early on, Page sets up for his top rope moonsault to the floor, but Strickland moves and Page lands on his feet and runs straight into a rolling flatliner from Strickland, uh, who also hits a leaping backflip dive over the top onto the floor. He wants the JML driver. Page counters, though, with a Liger bomb for two. He's getting booed really badly at this point. He went for a bookshot. Strickland dodged and hit one of his own, uh, followed by a swerve stomp for a really close two count. Um... Page rolls to the outside. Strickland wants a pile driver whilst they balance on the guardrail, but Page counters the DDT onto the barricade to take us to picture in picture. Lovely twist on the Texas Death Match spot mm. from the pile driver. That uh, we come back. Strickland hits the swerve stomp. Page rolls to a table that's been set up on the outside. Unfortunately, that's collapsed. That collapses, so swerves on. I'll just step another one then. He tries a 450 back inside, but Page gets the knees up. Um, Page comes back with a huge lariat uh, and a book shot to turn Strickland inside out, but he puts his foot on the bottom rope. I thought Nana was going to get involved at that point. Uh, but no, he just puts his foot on the bottom rope. So Paige hits a dead eye on the apron and tells uh, the ref to just count Strickland out. Nana has been told not to get involved, though, of course. So instead of helping Swerve back into the ring, he just encourages him by dancing. <laughs> and it works because Swerve gets back in at the count of nine. Um, Paige hits a baseball sl uh, slide, grabs a chair... And you think, well, don't hit him with the chair. You're going to get disqualified. So he just <laughs> twats Prince Nana with it instead. Um, that allows Strickland to hit the swerve stomp uh, once they go back inside. But he clutches his ankle as a result. Tries for a JML driver, but Page rolls out and grabs his ankle. Uh, they fight. So, so good. Yeah. I, I was cooing at that point. I was like, what a great... Hangman Page doesn't do ankle locks, but this is supposed mm. to be real. Yeah. God damn, I love that so much. Yeah. He's the best. Uh, they fight the apron again, and this time Strickland hits a dead eye through the table that I mentioned was set up earlier. Uh, they somehow both get back into the ring. Strickland wants a third swerve stomp, but uh, Page moves. Strickland collapses. Page wants a book shot. Strickland dodges. JML driver. One, two. The bell rings because the time has run out. So let's have a quick word on the match, and then we'll talk about the post-match in a second. Yes, absolutely. Um, a few minor criticisms first, but I think when you're at that level and they've established their incredible chemistry... You know, you're going to have to be a little bit exacting with wrestlers of this caliber. I was really removed from it. Otherwise, excellent match, excellent match, and I'll lavishly praise it in a minute. But the table spot, like, Swerve looking flustered, kind of panicking in the moment, makes the choice 
to circle a ring, get another table, and then not use it immediately yeah. as a weapon. It's like you're just setting up stuff to happen later. That felt like really fake and distracting. Um, and I think maybe it's just a byproduct of the way in which wrestlers are trained and map out their matches now, where that lack of improvisational ability just comes to the fore at times. I also wasn't a fan of the fact that particularly since they were doing it throughout the Continental Classic, that they didn't count down the five minutes. I know that there's a the counter-argument for not doing that is you telegraph the draw yeah. less. But at the same time, if you're a great enough worker, and these two are, you should be able to mine so much drama out of that breathless urgency. Like, I love so much those like climactic G1 encounters. No pun intended. Mm. When it's like, you're going to have to beat them in two minutes, otherwise you're out, or you do, all these stakes are gone, and you have nothing left. So I just it felt like out of nowhere. And it felt as well like an easy way out of not getting the timing spot on. I want to see that. I don't want to see the clock, but I want to hear them say it. I, I want see, the commentator yeah. say that. I think there's only about 40 seconds left or whatever. It's like a test of a performer's metal to really get that. Rather than just... Saying, well, when he hits the JML drive and we get to two rings, and it could be twenty nine minutes. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm not timing it, but yeah, it just feels cheap. This could be generous. Is there any way that that was done on purpose to allow Hangman Page's strategy to work, which turns out in the aftermath to be, I wasn't here to win, I was here to stop you winning, and one of the ways you could do that with the time limit. You could, I suppose, but one of the ways in which I can do that is wrestle you to the point where you're forgetting that there's a time limit on, there's a clock running on you, and you can't really argue that if there's a clock on them like so you it makes swerve look stupid if you put the clock there and hangman pages whole deal put the clock there i'll just have the ring announcer see it yeah but that's what i mean like that so then swerve would hear it and then it's on him that he's failed to beat page and the story they're trying to tell is that page was more interested in being like basically a barrier to swerve getting the title and if the clock's running down no, i don't like that it. becomes on swerve i don't like it no? on, on that i was really confused by that post-match I really like it. I want to put over the match a bit as well. Yeah, I thought this was the weakest of the three, but still excellent. Yes. Like they, right at the opposite, isn't it? Very high bar to clear. Yeah, yeah, they built on their previous matches, as, as I mentioned, with that reversal, because Hangman knew to expect the pile driver on the guardrail. He'd strategized ahead of it, and that DDT looked awesome. Like, And I want to put over as well, the fact that they elevated the kind of tropes that wrestlers can't stop themselves from indulging in, <laughs> like finisher theft, long back and forth matches. Like structurally, this wasn't dissimilar to a lot of things you see, but yet it makes perfect sense in the context of their specific rivalry that they are mirror images of each other who've never yet determined who the better man really is without interference, without a time limit. This is like a core theme of it so of course they're going to do these back and forth of course they're going to do like finisher kickouts it's amazing they, when you've earned it it is amazing Austin rock mastered it yeah. because they'd earned it they'd wrestled each absolutely. other all those times it's yeah. absolutely absolutely so they earned all of the things you see all of the time that makes sense mm -hmm. because one can't win without interference one can't win in time they are absolute mirror images which again makes sense that swerve would do the finisher theft because he's obsessed now with hangman page to the point of imitation mm. Um, so I thought, again, they just did a great, great job. The action mostly was absolutely perfect. Like that Asai Moonsault into the 
Um, Flatliner yeah. just looked unbelievable. Like, great physical chemistry between these two. But they did a great job of enhancing and elevating and m- making these familiar tropes mean something all over again. And I tweeted this. Hopefully the mega fans will forgive me. <laughs> we kind of half laughed. Like... In an endearing way, because he's RVD, and we've all got these great memories of him, of it was you, dickhead, who's ruined it for me, the Mortal Kombat finish him, when people are sat up waiting for the uh, swerve stomp, yeah. because he cannot just sit up. Come on, then, hit us. <laughs> so some people just sway. Virtually everyone sits up too much. It's one of those moves, and swerve is sometimes guilty of the, you have to look stupid so I can do my thing. Um, but <clears throat> Haman Page is in fact so intelligent that he can very rarely, if ever, look stupid in his matches. The way he just so organically maneuvered his body after Swerve's buckshot to like move where he had to move to take the Swerve stomp and just like get up as if he's selling the move he's just taken. And then by the time he's sitting up, he's like getting stomped back. Mm. Uh, his timing and ring positioning is on another level, and that's what separates him from the very good. That's why he is truly great, is Haman Page. Um, bold to do 30 minutes with two people in your three-way at Revolution, mm. but I'm still really excited about that match. I love the booking of this. I, like, I wasn't convinced on a draw being the best outcome. Maybe I just was less interested in the three-way for the mm-hmm. pay-per-view. But what I think this achieved... Rather topical, that. Yeah. What I think this achieved more than anything else, more than the three-way revolution, even if you strap one of them, uh, and Swerve would be the favourite of the two if you're going to, is that they've somehow, like, they've yet again given you everything. The street fight gave you everything and left room for more. Mm-hmm. That, that's the art of the work, ultimately. Because you have, you think it's that wrestling thing we talk about at the end of the world this Wednesday on Dynamite. Yes, Dynamite finishes. Can't wait for the end of the world on Friday's Rampage. <laughs> yeah, like wrestling has to constantly work within like those very difficult parameters. And you have a thirty-minute match, and it's not just the fact they went to a draw and one man couldn't beat the other because Swerve's still two up on mm. page. It's the fact that in terms of the action, in terms of the fight, and what the wrestlers want out of all of this, there is still so much. To do, and you're adding Samoa Joe to the mix. Yeah, so you get that, at the, and a three-way means that they have. Even then, it won't be done, will it? Because there's yeah. this, there's this extra ingredient. There's this added ingredient of a of a belt on the line of Samoa Joe being in the ring with them. There is definitely another match, another singles match down the line between these two, where yet again they will get to draw from the prior matches to show show us something else we haven't yet seen between them. So I thought that was so impressive. Page has got a good record of doing that with wrestlers he wrestles more than once. Mm-hmm. Like the you know, so much of the Kenny Omega rematch could be found in the first one where Kenny like they made it look like Kenny was beating him fairly easily. Sorry, Page, you're just not on my level yet. Mm-hmm. And then that builds into what you get. So you're gonna get that with yet another swerve singles match. So I loved the draw. And uh, well, you like raise we talked about this the, before, like Yeah, the post match just baffled me because Strickland, the heel, yes, situational babyface, says five more minutes. And Hangman Page, of all people, says no. It's a double turn. I Yeah, but... Well, th- I thought... So I thought this was situational on the night because obviously Swerve was the yeah. babyface. I'm not so sure if they've pulled off, like, a double turn mm. permanently. Well, I guess we'll see, like, now in the, in the weeks to come. Like, it's nice that they finally made Page a heel because at least he's relatable. You know, your real self turned up to 11, right? <laughs> but, like... 
But can you want to know who tweeted along similar sentiment? Oh, I will no. tell you. Some, some after garbage this human, some garbage human on X because yeah. I'm, I'm taking the piss. He's a teacher. He's a nice guy. Isn't he? uh, <laughs> but the I like that Hangman Page would compromise everything we know about this good guy because he's now become he's now become poisoned by Swerve Strickland. Like this, this rivalry has made him a, a bad man. Yes. Because he's become motivated by ruining one guy's life rather than satisfying his life. That's, that's like, a, in every sense of your life, isn't it? It's like, get your own house in order rather than worrying about somebody else's. That's a, uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? That's a noble trait of somebody. Yeah. And Hangman Page has just sacrificed his nobility because he's become... Poisoned by this thing. This that, I think that's fantastic. I get that, but I think his logic is also flawed. On on the babyface side of things, which you can understand, you can say he's ignoring that because he's turning heel now. This is the man who threatened your child, right? Why wouldn't you want an extra five minutes trying to kick his ass? But even he if doesn't you, think he could do it. Yeah, like look at the finish. But even if you put that to he's, one he's side, he's obscuring his crisis of faith with this. Well, I'm the, if that was the real quiz. Like that's a that's a heel and he, trait, and he deserves it after yeah. everything. But his logic is also flawed. You hate Hangman Page. So no, I don't flawed. hate Hangman <laughs> Page. I hated him when he would turn into business for himself and destroyed AEW. But now CM Punk destroyed AEW. Well, but carry on. He started it. Um, and uh, the thing is, he said, "Oh well, uh, I've won actually because uh, I stopped you from becoming number one contender." Who's number one contender? The ranking said he was number one. So the whole point of it, it that's the bit that confused me. Of like, haha, you had to beat me. No, he didn't. He's beaten you twice before, and he's number one in the rankings. It was basically said... It's like, it's like if you're in a, a Champions League group game... You're not allowed to be this exacting. You watch WWE and, and enjoy it. I'm not, I'm not having this. T- you're top, then you're second, and you draw, and you go, well, didn't win. Well, no, you, but the rankings still say he's number one. Cannot, cool. He's in a title I match. cannot, and I never thought I would say this, Willborn, in one million years, I cannot wait until the next time we review Raw. I just, I cannot wait. I Me can, neither. I cannot wait. <laughs> I cannot wait. The idea is that it's a double turn. The idea is that Hangman okay. Page doesn't want to give Swerve the satisfaction. The idea, built on the finish, Goldfish, that you saw a minute before, is that, oh, hang on. He's kind of got my number here, and I need to completely deny that to myself. Okay. Like, denial's a very, very potent mm. feeling and emotion. Um, so that's my explanation of it. We'll see if this all plays out. I would say I think it's easier to buy Hangman Page after all of these events. Like, he has had the worst things happen to him. Mm. And there's no justice, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's like, well, right, okay, if there's no such thing as justice, I will abandon my sense of it. Weird now that everything Swerve Strickland has done in his actions... One match where he says, I oh, no interference in this one, is in the fiction kind of enabling him potentially to turn yeah. babyface. That is only happening because the fans like him in spite of his horrendous actions. That <laughs> is a hole. Yeah. That is a hole. Well, I wouldn't even classify it as a hole. It's one of the many ways in which wrestling, it's the post kayfabe yeah. inability to deal with these situations of, yeah. pro, of pro wrestling's fiction. It's like, well, we've done it. We've presented this character who's just so cool, even though he's the worst guy yeah. ever, that you like him. How do we deal with that? Because all modern day wrestlers, I think he'll be an anti-hero actually. Probably. Yeah, like you'd have some, yeah. you'd have some old timer being like, like you, you've got to be a heel, you've got to do this and this and this. It's like, well, they're gonna love me more if I do that. <laughs> yeah. How do we get around that? And it's like, oh, you well, can't. it's post heat. You can't. Doesn't now. really work. Yeah, we we'll like it. We will talk about it. Uh, it doesn't really work. <laughs> it doesn't, it, it like, really doesn't, doesn't work. So yeah, like. That'll get brushed to one side. Mm. Like they'll, they'll, it'll become a point scoring thing where it's sort of like, uh, yeah, broke into your house, laid over your kids, caught and threatened him and your wife and your family. 
Cost me a title shot. Come on, <laughs> God, play the game. Yeah, like, we've all on. got our limits. Yeah, but yeah. It's, but in all seriousness, that is how. Yeah. Because you're gazing off uh, the crowd reaction and everybody's feeling an excitement around Swerve raising. Like, there's more interest right now in Swerve winning the belt than Page winning it back because it feels like you have to strap Swerve Strickland. Yeah, so that's yeah. where we're at. And indeed, on the cold pragmatic logic of it all, people have kind of, but you can feel it in the buildings. It's not personal against Hangman Page. No. I think mm. it's very much, we've seen you do this baby face. We saw you have the title. We saw you lose the title. We've seen you now do some grudge feuds in the baby face role. Come on, time for something new. Yeah. And what, like six to eight months as a heel? And there'll be clamors for like, feeling ready to cheer Hangman Page. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's just how it'll Less go. than that, if probably. The, the more that gets over, the more yeah. it'll be like, right, time to get back on the on the horse. Don the People like now. Drew now? Yeah. yeah. I mean, people have liked Drew. This is a bit drew Ian. It feels like it's going to go that way, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like yeah. all these horrendous things have happened to me and I got no justice. I've been screwed so. by Shawn Michaels, the boy toy. I've yeah, been yeah. screwed by the World Wrestling Federation. Yeah. 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 Well, regardless. I uh, thought Paige's performance was really strong. I loved him. Yeah. After last week, I thought he was a little bit shaky on the mic. Like a really sort of hammy line reading. Um, it was very much, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <I bought laughs> little bitch. Get in that ring. Totally bought it. Another floor. Yes. See, I can point out the correct floors. <laughs> Again, consistency should be the key here. They've established that they do the five-minute intervals for times running out, guys, towards the end of a match, and they should have done it here. Um, they've How many times have they done? Right, there's been a draw. Five more minutes here. Be, okay, let's go. <laughs> they did it. Um, Wembo as a payoff to the five more minutes with them, Jeff and Cole. Aye. That wasn't a draw, though. It was a double, double pin. pin. Yeah. So they've done it then, and it was just up to the wrestler. Yeah, They've done it with Omega and Pac. That was, I think, Tony Khan. Mm-hmm. They'd sent Aubrey out. It said yeah. that was five more minutes. because the And they'd done it... Um, they've done it sometimes and not the other. There should be a rule. It's my favorite gift AEW has given back to pro wrestling in the last four years of time limit draws. They're almost universally good. In fact, I think they might be. I can't think of a time <laughs> limit draw in AW I haven't loved. No. They're brilliant. But sometimes they'll give you, like, MJF Danielson got overtime. Yes. Pac, Kenny got overtime. Maybe that's just an Iron Man thing, but I'm sure they've done... That would make sense, because, like, sudden death was established with Brett and Sean. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, there does have to be a winner, I guess. No. So. I'd have to... I'll research this and come back to you next week. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. I will forget. Uh, Tony Schiavone announces it is going to be, well, there's two number one contenders, so therefore it will be a triple threat for the AW World title. Three ways. Uh, at <laughs> AW Revolution, Paige is furious, Strickland smiles, uh, and then we hear Samoa Joe's reaction to all this backstage after a break with Renee. Uh, he says, he's excited and elated, but he's being sarcastic, of course. Uh, this was a draw, yet here we are celebrating mediocrity. Uh, you do not want him as the champion, but it's not your choice. I'm the champ, no matter what you do. Come revolution, I'm going to walk out as champion. Uh, it's only a shame that the both of them are going to suffer because of it. Great. Another yeah. great promo from Joe. Swerve's got to beat him. Like, I feel very strongly that Swerve has to beat Joe at revolution. And you know what happens if he beats Joe at revolution? Mm. Doesn't beat Hangman yeah. again. Yes. Yeah. Um. Oh, sorry, guys. I got Apparently there was a women's match in the first hour. It's kind of Tony Storm's thing, this, really, isn't it? Timeless Tony Storm versus Red Velvet. Um, with Dionna on commentary, I should point out. Obviously, this will factor in after the match. Um, 
I mean, it was a title eliminator, but considering we know what the title match is going to be, and it was all quite quite predictable, I think it's fair to say. But time is Tony Storms. Just great, awesome. great now the rankings back. They'll book more of these because one of these days a champion will lose, and they've established that uh, even if it's an eliminator, they had to squash. But the rankings allow for somebody to get uh, that big surprise win. We were who is it we were thinking of with uh, Eddie the other day? Brian Keith, wasn't it? We just thought we were just suddenly going because he was just. In a matter, no, it was to set up him being all elite and stuff. But we just suddenly went, oh, wait a second. If he wins this, suddenly, obviously, yeah, give him a title really. shot straight out of the gate. And because Eddie has someone, it's a proving ground man, Danielson, mm-hmm. but he hasn't. Yeah. Um, anyway, so um, Tony, a timeless Tony Storm, even dominates for the most part. Timeless Tony Storm. <laughs> Timey Storm. Never heard her. <laughs> um, Velvet made. Velvet made Did a comeback. <laughs> Uh, hit some strikes in the corner. Casadora Bulldog got the double knees in the back in the ropes. She goes for a corner charge, but Storm sweeps the leg, sends Velvet face first into the buckle, hits a uh, sweet cheek music and a DDT, but Velvet kicks out. Um, Storm follows up, but almost gets rolled up. Uh, gets, uh, Velvet gets a two count, but she misses a corkscrew kick. Storm puts on her an ankle lock, uh, puts her down. Velvet taps. Storm refuses to let go while staring at Deonna, of course, on commentary. She comes in for a face-off. Tony Storm gives her a beck on the cheek, and Luther steps in between the two of them. This was, in my opinion, much better than the usual pushed star wins predictable match as backdrop for incredibly basic storyline advancement. Snappy. Like, the idea... I really like this program between uh, Timey Storm and uh, Diana Parazzo. The idea that there's a real-life... Diana Parazzo. (laughs) There's a real-life backstory, which you can infer... I don't don't understand the tattoos. Where's the story? So, What a ridiculous... It's absolutely ridiculous. You can infer things. I've only Uh, had a long explanation in a full video package. Where's the story? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So we know that there's a... Kind of a, like, real-life history there. And there's a bit of emotion added through the collage of the pictures of the time they spent before they both arrived in mm-hmm. AEW. Especially because of how different Tony Storm looks. There's a visual yeah. there. It's like, what the frig has happened to you? <laughs> it kind of fell over for me when Dionna... I kind of get it from her perspective, but it doesn't work with wrestling as this performance art of, I want to wrestle the old Tony. And the fans are like, well, we're just like... We love toneless timey, so we don't want to see the old Tony back. So that didn't really work as a babyface version. Yes, um, but twenty twenty three AW could have been a bit more toneless, and it might have been better. This is now tethered to an actual professional wrestling based conflict in that Tony, who's now become sorry timey, has grown so hubristic that she thinks. Well, that can be a great technical wrestler as well. And then that is going to make up the structure of the match at Revolution. And she's kind of abandoned her power game mostly mm. um, in this match against Red Velvet to prove to Deonna on commentary that she can be a great technical wrestler as well. She said these exact same things last week. We should have mm. seen it coming in mm. the preview. And so now you've got a story heading into Revolution that ankle lock tease is probably going to make for some great drama in the match itself. And what you do by telling this specific this specific story, I jumped on my throat. Man. No, I want no. it back. I want it back, baby. <laughs> um, you give an actual reason for these established star versus someone they're going to beat match on Dynamite. It's kind of a good reason why the person they're going to beat gets back into it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, can I just say the bulldog that Red Velvet did was absolutely awesome. Mm. Yeah. So good. Like a real driver, head down to the map. I had a lot of time with this. This was so good. Mm. This was so good. Everything Cedric said there, completely echo it. I love this women's division at present. Representation is an issue, and maybe that'll get addressed a big business. Like, based on the reports we heard about how she wants to be factored in, not as just a one-segment wonder. If that's the next step, this is going to be the year. I know this is sounding very yes. naive, like, here we go again, and it can just be stopped in a moment. But the roster's kicking ass, the matches are kicking ass, there's TV squashes, the quality of which have been addressed. They're feeling logical. The rankings are going to help no end because you're going to see someone like a Serena D build up wins, and she's going to be undeniable as a challenger. Mm-hmm. And then the match is going to be brilliant because the, the best wrestlers are winning the best matches to lead up to something like you've got now with Diana Prazzo and Tony Storm, where you can set your expectations high for the match because they're telling a story about not just about these two characters and why they're coming together but how it impacts the style of match you're going to have I, I've got so much enthusiasm and optimism they've assembled the roster and are actually putting their minds to work on the stories at the same time maybe for the first time ever in AEW's yeah. history it's both at the same time there is a Brit Baker on the sidelines like, like there's a TBS champion who's inactive, which is a bit it's, not good. It's got there's loads of work mm. to be done, loads. But there's a Britt Baker just sitting out there on the sidelines. There's a Jamie Hater yet to return. Yeah, Jamie Hater versus Mercedes Money, by the way. Oh my god! Do that yeah. at Wembley. Do that at Wembley. There is just so many reasons to be extremely positive and optimistic about this division. And again, a little bit for me at the moment. In maybe this is where I'm at with AEW in general. A bit like the swerve please don't ruin it. There's that feeling of nervousness that there never used to be. We just talk with a bit more confidence. Yeah. About, and I can't wait till we do all these things that they've laid out for us. At the moment, it's a little bit, please don't spill the drink. <laughs> like, this is looking really great. Don't do not do it. But I don't know, I just, week after week after week, I'm becoming more optimistic about all of this. It's sort of an appropriate word, isn't it? Undeniable. Because whereas previously, we'd be banging the drum for this and we'll get to a game we play in a, in a second, right? Whereas previously, we'd be like, right, okay, come on. You've got more people that you could do this with. You've got Jay Cargill and Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker. But what about throwing a, you know, a Soraya match here or, or whatever it may be? Now, you can't look at that women's division, certainly in the next month or so, and go, because I haven't really got enough, because we're going to have to do a match on Rampage. We're going to have to do a match on Collision. So you've got Julia Hart there. You've got Thunder Rosa there. Well, now, yeah, you've got, you know, Red Velvet's, first of all, who's been there from the beginning, basically. You've got... Um, Timeless Tony Storm, Mariah May, Dave which we'll get to in, in due course. Athena's presumably going to come over pretty soon. Tell Thunder Rosa, like... Apologise. Skip ahead 30 seconds if you don't want a Ring of Honor spoiler. I mean, I can't be anyone. But skip ahead 30 seconds. It looks like they're going to run with Aminata and Athena. Ah! Oh, my God. I think that'll yeah. rule. Like, she, she's somebody else that, again, you fold back into the mm. AW roster. It's exciting. Uh, like, uh, energised by all of this. Um, but before we move on, let me just double check. Yes, that was the only women's match on this show, Sid. Before we get to the name of the game, what's the uh, what's the aim of the game? The aim of the game is to identify to the hour, minute, and second the first time you hear the first note of the first women's theme ahead of the only women's match on Dynamite. Usually falls into that one hour twenty, one hour twenty-five range. And the idea is if we can just get it to the hour, minute, and second. Imagine that. It would really underscore italicize and put in bold just how apathetic it maybe used to be just how obligatory it used to be and you know the rhyme that we usually say 
to try and, you know, give you a shortcut to the way that the AEW uh, creative team do this. It's not really relevant, considering it was the second match on the card, but usually you can remember it by when the women come out to play. Don't worry, the main event ain't too far away. <laughs> that is the aim of the game. The name of the game is, well, this is ladies night, and I'm thinking, ooh what a night. <laughs> I am disturbed. I am legitimately disturbed. So. Uh, thanks, as always, to Adam Blair at Adam Wilton 4 and Jose Palomares at the Ho 11, who always take care of the um, data. Thank you for this sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> Sidge. I'm down with the sickness. <laughs> you have the timings from the uh, oh Dynamite preview. Can you remind us of the times that we guessed in descending order? Yes, I'm not going to learn. Can indeed. Uh, let me just check my notes. <laughs> let me just check my notes, uh, which is code for just make sure that message wasn't relevant. Is that right? Google verification uh, code. Yeah, I got that ages ago. Uh, descending order. Uh, me, Michael Sidgwick. Zero hours, 26 minutes and seven seconds. You're thinking 20 minutes instead of 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Incredibly close. Michael Hamflat. Zero hours, 40 minutes and knee seconds. Adam Wilborn. I don't know you from Adam. <laughs> One hour, 22 minutes and 22 seconds. What you thinking? Way off. What are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Way off for me. Uh, thinking they were going to do the usual tactic, as Sidge said. Um, but yes, you can probably work that out. Uh, Adam Blair points out. 42 minutes and 21 seconds. Adam Hamflit. Hamflit taking a... Can't stop taking dubs. So second win uh, this year so far. You're top with two. I've got one. Sidge, winner of Ladies' Night last year, of course, yet to get on the board. I think I might be dodging, though, because I'm so optimistic right now. I think the game might die this year. Honestly, well, I it's think... It's going to win money. We might be in, in a cycle of... Hopefully. Like, we'll set out some... We need to think about some rules about when we kill this officially. Because it, it, it'll be a squash. One week can't... Like, there'll be loads of people calling for it, but one week can't be enough. And then it's like, well, give us three months, maybe, of like just expecting two women's yes. matches or something. Yeah. Well, I think, I think this fair. is the year the game dies, I think. Rather than us getting the time right. Which we came, we've come incredibly close before. Six seconds, wasn't it? Was it yeah. Good? yeah. Uh, Renee Paquette's backstage with Orange Cassidy, Trent, and Rocky Romero. Uh, obviously, Cassidy's uh, wrestling Tomohiro on Collision, which will, of course, pre oh preview on Friday. There's also a six-man tag on Rampage. And Orange Cassidy's like, I'll be fine. Um, Renee asks about uh, Chucky T. And uh, Cassidy says he's here, but he's just getting checked on by doctors. And uh, there's all the usual awkwardness you'd expect as Renee gets everyone to do the hands in before they depart. Can I just shock you? I quite like this best What? what? I, I was uh, convinced he was going to come in and bury this. No. I, uh, I'm not anymore expecting this Orange Cassidy reign to be anything like last year's because it isn't. It's a diminished return, isn't it? Yep. Uh, so I'm not. I don't care that he just accepts title shots on a whim and he defends his title and he wins. I, d I don't have any investment. That joke isn't funny anymore. Indeed, indeed. I don't get that vibe when Jane hits. Oh, please, I hope he holds onto the title. I think he's going to lose to Strong at Revolution, and I even like the idea. I welcome it that Trent like turns on him mm. here or Trent and Chucky. I don't know, and that's the other thing. I can't quite yet work out from all this awkwardness. Who's zooming who? Like where? Where does it all? break down mm. because like Chuck Taylor's been Chuck Taylor's he healed on the best friends before Chuck, <laughs> Chuck T outside of AEW has healed on the best friends before um, but it feels like this is Trent 
it's going to be Trent that does mm-hmm. it. And there's, they've already established a bit of law with the Battle Royal before Christmas. And like I know Dan Housen's, it's a different conversation entirely. But he, he had a singles match that was great with Orange and Trent. Yeah. That, Trent uh, looked a bit narked that he didn't win. That's it. They have been building to this. So I'm more interested in the fact that it looks like it's split than Orange Cassidy, the great fighting champion. This is, this is a new story compared to last year's one. I like it. Uh, we might as well talk about the thing that happened slightly later on after the BCC CMLL match where Chuck Taylor's been laid out by the, by the Undisputed Kingdom. Adam Cole says to him, get well soon, Chuck. Yeah, you take a cold act and you minimize their presence on the show and the show is really well received. Not a good look for the Undisputed Kingdom, this. Could they, if they were to claim breaking up the best friends, finally have something to talk about without MJF there? Like, they take the uh, Orange Cassidy's title, and then with it, best friends disintegrate in amongst all that. Mm. And then they've actually got some... They're almost like pr- it's proof of concept for them. Like, uh, Adam Cole was the devil. He destroyed MJF. The best friends are dead. It's, uh, all of a sudden, it looks like a path of destruction, even Maybe though nobody I, really buys it. You know, yeah. like, this could be... It is mad to think that this is what signed off their last big pay-per-view. And now uh, they just, like, yeah, just beat yeah, up Chucky yeah. T. Nothing, nothing against Chuck Taylor, but it's you know it doesn't feel like the stakes has, have lowered. Roddy Strong has to win the title at the pay per view. They've missed MJF. That's been so key to yeah. all of it. Like they've missed MJF and Samoa Joe <laughs> wouldn't piss on them if they're on fire. Yeah. it would appear at this point. So that doesn't help it. Go, I want out. You lose. See you later. Like that's they've not been helped by circumstances. But at the end could. of the day, if they were a big group of complete bastards who are a force to be reckoned with and ready to take over AEW, why hasn't Wardlow try and kick the crap out of Samoa Joe yet? Yeah, mm. that's very. Half of that's just AEW doing AEW things. Half of it is episodic TV, so it doesn't make sense to do it yet. But North American episodic wrestling television is flawed. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I keep telling you this. Get another hobby. The only the only episodic television that isn't flawed is Gladiators on BBC. Apparently, according to you, and nailing it. Yes, yeah, I mean, that's perfect. It. Gladiators is impeccably booked. Have you told? Have you told, has it, you've told him what? There. No, no, don't. We watch it a week behind. Okay. Oh, yeah, no spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty good. This week's pretty. You're in for a treat, Sitch. Oh yeah, breadcrumbs is it? Yeah. Oh, I, oh, I. Some LTST on that thing, man. They're already and as well because they must know they must have the confidence that season two's in the bag. There's no yeah. way the BBC aren't renewing it. It's it's the hottest product. It's been a hottest hit in the territory. It's been a hit. Yeah. Ratings wise, who's your favourite? Viper. Yeah. Good heel. Yeah. Viper's good. I mean, he's a kind of a terrible gladiator actually, but like he's. Good crack. Who's the really, uh, like, meant to be a heel, but he's kind of crap at delivering his his lines? Not giant, is it? It's legend. legend. I like legend as well. He always comes out and he's like, that was such a, such a good performance. From me, that is. So. Do you know what the problem with that is? <laughs> so basically, he's you. Yeah, right. <laughs> Barney Walsh. But, but slightly more jacked. Watch, watch this, right? Barney Walsh can't work, and Bradley Walsh won't. So, Bar- <laughs> so Barney Walsh's job as the kid... Like, should be a little bit intimidated by the gladiators. Yeah. And he's sort of like, he's just, he doesn't understand his role properly. Like, he's not mean gene, he's not selling. So it's like, hmm, what about this guy, bloody hell. And Bradley Walsh is like, I'm an industry professional, mate, you shut your fing mouth. <laughs> like, he just stonewalls them. <laughs> They'll be doing their part. Like, like, John Fashion, who wasn't afraid of a hard tackle in his day, but he was scared of the wolf, man. Yeah. He knew his job on gladiators, right? But like, Bradley Walsh is like, seen the chase, mate. Like, I'm TV royalty. I'm a national in treasure. I'll set the beast on you. Yeah, so. you'll be back at Pure Gym in no time if you cross <laughs> me. Like, hang on, Bradley. Like, the fiction of this is that these are the hardest people around. So it's not that good, then. Oh, it's still good. No, it is good. I just think yeah. people need to know their roles a little bit. That's all. 
Moving on. Uh, it was. The I was going to go all right, The Rock, but I don't think you'd ever be compared to The Rock. <laughs> Other than the shape of your heat. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks at the moment in the current conversation. Yes. Yeah, yeah. More likable than The Rock currently. Yeah. It won't last. Uh, <laughs> Not much in it. <laughs> we got. Uh, e- easy, small fella. <laughs> 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 very good. Thanks very much. Uh, uh, number one. Number. <laughs> best. That's it. Best podcast, isn't it? So, ah, ever had that? No. <laughs> do, do, do the numbers live? So. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Came out of that live show. Goosebumps. Goosebumps. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. Remember them, Dwayne? Remember when you actually used to get them? Because people used, used to, to, to feel you. things, Dwayne. Yeah. <laughs> Before you f***ed it, Dwayne. Other than box office disappointment. <laughs> Fuck my life. Damn, like the cat. <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. BCC versus the CMLL All-Stars, I'm calling them right now. John Moxie, Brian Dyson, Claudio. I made that up. Yes. Mascara Dorado, Volado Jr., and Hechicero. Um, Danison Hechicero basically just picked up where they left off from collision. It did more like absolutely, completely unique to me, new, cool, amazing stuff. I could watch them wrestle for like an hour. I couldn't, but it's. I I agree. I agree with that take, and yet wouldn't want to watch them. I thought they looked like fucking losers. Thanks to the BCC being apparently indestructible. Like I, I. What? I just it's so what that they did cool moves. They're like they just don't win. Like, uh, John and Claudio and Brian and Brian are here, so like we get the win. It's just, I don't. I cannot fathom the booking of this. Like, Doctor Fed, Doctor Fed. Yes. How am I prescribing you mm-hmm. storytelling tablets, whatever the pattern is? <laughs> oh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. I'll, 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 I'll prescribe you something. You can have it out. Uh, Castagnoli comes in. He got really. Sent- he got sent outside with an impressive head. They get the win. Like both teams just win in their own domains. Is that it? They have the match at like Arena Mexico, and they get the win. It's like this has been great. I've enjoyed it a great deal. It's just, it's just I'll run through the match. Then you and then when they do invade, it's like it comes fun Gallus for the save. It's like oh great. 
It's just like, I, I don't like it. I love watching the action. Uh, I love being introduced. AEW existing as a place where you get to see more wrestling that you wouldn't see otherwise. Not allowed like Cause, WWE. Because I'm not going to do the work. I'm Sorry, not, you're just not. I'm not going to go do the work and find these wrestlers elsewhere. Despite what spreadsheet wankers on X tell me, I'm not going to hunt these wrestlers down. AEW needs to bring them to me. But at least make winners out of them rather than complete J-Brones. Well, they're not like, complete J-Brones if you actually paid attention to match, but we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Oh, I just... Oh Keep up flip-ups. And hands on... <laughs> hands on fire! One, two, three. Beating again. It's because he didn't come out with his thing on fire. Yeah, I missed that. That's why. I knew I'd figure this out. You know, came on... bit because this is... No, I, d- I just... How how can you not feel stuff for the in ring? Yeah, it was yeah, great. Yeah. It was great. Storytelling was strong. Really, really didn't want the beast. I hate the beast. I didn't want to. Well, I'm, it's, it's, okay, I don't, okay, I don't no, think it's a super effective effective invasion. Okay, at all. I think they're being. I thought it was really infective. I think they're being super normalized by all of us. Moxley and Volador in at this point. I've no idea where we're at. Uh, they start looking out. They each hit a tope. Um, I expect them off of Volador as well. You told me there'd be more from Volador. It was that one nice bit, but the rest of it was... He wasn't the best in the match. Yeah. Um, after they do the dive, though, uh, all the other teammates just kick the crap out of them whilst they're on the floor. Um, we come back from a break. Uh, Claudio's got Volador in a big, giant swing. Moxley makes the tag and gets a two-count. Uh, Dorado gets the hot tag. Um, after getting hung up in the ropes, he hit a double-arm drag on Moxley and Danielson. Uh, and then he launched off Moxley's back to hit Danielson with a head scissors. That looked great. And... Uh, a really good hit. Spinning head scissors sent Claudio out to the floor. Oh, yeah. Uh, with his levitation. Uh, <laughs> don't see that on Monday Night Raw. Hechicera and Volador hit Topes. Um, Dorado hit a shooting star off the middle rope. Hechicera hit Danielson with a spinning hammerlock into a backbreaker. Uh, and Dorado hit a 450 for a near fall. Moxley and Claudio come back into clean house. Um, but uh, Dorado hit an up and over code red on Claudio for a near fall. Volador drops Moxie with a thrust kick and a backstabber, but Danielson flies in with a Busaiku knee. Um, Hechicero hits that spinning leg submission of his, which Danielson broke up. Um, Hechicero tries to put Danielson in a stretch muffler, but Moxie makes the save. Uh, a spinning guillotine leg drop on Claudio got Hechicero another two. Uh, Claudio then sends him into the ref, but he stops himself, but the ref sort of cowers away, and that allows Claudio to hit a low blow and get the roll-up for the win. Uh, post-match, some of the CMLL lads who are watching jump into the ring. It looks like the BCC are outnumbered, but uh, Seidel... Daniels uh, and Cool Cool Hand Ange and uh, Daddy Magic come down to even the odds. There's like 12 or so lads just staring each other down in the ring. I can see where we're going on this one. There it is. Um, Michael Sidgwick, the floor is yours. Well, first of all, just to to square off the post-match, that's the weirdest collection of individuals I'm ever likely to see. A babyface super group, I think, even though the BCC, who knows what they are? You're joking. Not another one? They, like... They were there last week and then lost the match, didn't they? That's how yeah, they I know fold- how it looks. they've been folded into all of this? Yeah, it's lame as hell. It's lame as hell. Didn't Moxley, like, half murder Christopher Daniels last year? Yeah. Am I making that up? I can't remember the exact reason. It's, it's very much like sort of, you know, in the invasion where, like, Haku was there and he'd only come back at the rumble. It's like, Bradshaw's, Haku, you got to stop him taking your job. The people you worked with a month ago. Yeah. That's yeah. like, AEW, so save the day. It was Mox... Because Daniels was aligned with someone he was feuding with, but he, like, he really beat him up. Mm. Anyway, and now with their best mates, because there's no continuity, even though there is. I don't know. I thought this, right, 
When I'm appraising a match like this, I used the example of Danielson and Okada, which was pretty goddamn successful. A lot of people think that that second match of theirs at the Dome is the one to beat this year. I don't agree, but the consensus of this thing that you should probably gauge the consensus, as well as give your own take on it, mm -hmm. is that that was a really well done thing that really got there in the end. I was underwhelmed by both matches, if I'm being brutally honest. But the idea was, and presumably I'm going to let this one play out with the CMLL, is that Danielson won on his turf, Okada won on his. There probably won't be a third match. It's a political compromise. These are the things that are just this interpromotional rivalry, right? Unless it's the only one that was ever great, A to Z, ROH versus CZW, mm -hmm. where ROH just won, <laughs> which is shut off. And CZW Combat Zone knew that rule, basically, is that no one wins. So you can't really do it. Mm -hmm. But you should because it's fun. Is that you're going to have to recognize who's the big sort of bigger political player and just book them a bit more favorably. Mm. I don't necessarily think that's a good thing inherently. I still think it's fun enough to do, to like, and you can work around it. In terms, with that caveat in place, I thought the structure of this match was kind of tremendous mm. for the story they felt they had to tell in that the CMLL lads completely blew them away. The idea was that were it not for the cheating, there's a thing called like uh, baby faces and heels in wrestling. I think I'll do the job. John Moxley should meet it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Anyway, anyway, I thought they just got blown away. Danielson is so good at like... He has this like, existential crisis when someone's better at wrestling yeah. than him, <laughs> and he sold it really well. Like, Hechicero has got his number. Mm. He, had a, he had a great night. This was agented really well for him. Yeah. Aye. And then Volador Jr. and Moxley. I don't think it was the best sequence, but I thought what they tried to do was fundamental to the match, where it was just basically explosion, cool stuff. You've not seen this before. How about this? Blah, 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 blah. I thought Volador Jr. and Moxley, like... I'm going to put over Moxley, even though I am getting bored of him a little bit as well, as we've discussed at length on this pod. I think he kind of dialed it back, and him and Volador Jr. tried to keep the tone of it. Like, they were stripped back, a bit more understated. There was a bit more more feisty, the work between them, as opposed to the like the great, dazzling exhibition spots elsewhere. But Claudio um, completely bumped massively for Dorada. Yeah. Like, I, it's the most, I hate using a cliche, even when I'm, Couching it is a cliche, right? I just hate it so much. I was a real roller coaster this match. Right? I just feel ugh, ugh. And yet, right, the f uh, you, the noise that that crowd made when Dorada did that. I'm gonna levitate mm -hmm. for like a full two seconds above Claudio's head and then do the head scissors. It was the exact same noise as people make when they see a firework. It was like, mm. oh yeah, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so that was awesome. Um, was it Hechicero who looked like he'd broken John Moxley's nose with that knee in the corner at the finish? Yeah. yeah. It was like, oh, my God. It <laughs> um, was a bit janky at points. Um, it wasn't the smoothest match. And when they did the dueling bits where the BCC isolated one of the CMLL All-Stars and then did the beatdown, when they subverted that, I thought the CMLL lads did a shocking job of the beatdown. Like they were not laying it in at all. So you didn't quite get the tone. But... Is a total left of field diversion, and I have been getting sick of this sort of non-canon. Oh, we're gonna bring in this guy to wrestle. That guy. Mm. This is like a really good version of that. I've just—it's a total left of field thing that I did not expect. I'm into it. 
Sidgwick has charmed me a little bit there on the texture of this match more than anything else. I think I was maybe really deflated by the finish and just simply do not take the CML lad seriously. There so, is an element of that, but I will defer to Sidgwick's point about how they were proving themselves as being able to out-wrestle the wrestlers. And they were thus, getting their arse... In the, in the body of the match, it yeah. was like, we're getting embarrassed here. And thus you get what you get, and you get such a carny finish from the supposed... You know, the people that are effectively supposed to take this all the more seriously just went down the clown room, like, just cheat, just win, just nick it, just steal it. Mm. Maybe, and look, I'm not... <laughs> it shouldn't be a time of year match anyway, as we've talked about hundreds of times. But right now, this would be a hell of a candidate for a Blood and Guts finale, wouldn't it? Like, if you've got, like, your... I want Anarchy in the Arena, but not at Revolution, because yeah. you can't do that with a Sting Party match. Mm. You cannot. That has to be where the chaos lives. Well, it'd be great if... So there's two matches we've pitched that typically take place on other occasions. It'd be great if the gimmick was there because the feud needed it rather than because it's the pay-per-view. Yeah. yeah. Like, I know we're waiting for either double or nothing for... When's Blood and Guts typically for? Like, June? Is it on Dynamite? It's, like, two or three weeks after, so June. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. it'd be lovely if... Well, no, this is an interpromotional war, and we've inspired by... Ring of Honor and CZW's Cage of Death. We're going to put this in a double cage. Like It'd be nice if that's what all this mm. was leading to because they've got at least two stipulations to do a big payoff. And it sucks that you have to say, oh, no, it's not time. Yeah. It's not time for the uncontrollable chaos <laughs> yet. You know what I mean? It sucks. Uh, right, let's get to Tony Khan's big announcement. Um, he's backstage. He says, fans might have heard earlier today. <laughs> he must okay. have been raging about that. You see this? Yeah, I saw it. God damn it. Like, poor sod. <laughs> Six hours, was it? Or something? So, yeah, before I went to bed, the TD, TD Garden were like, got a big show coming on your way in, uh, in March. Oh, cool. Sorry. Uh, but, yeah, that's the announcement. Uh, but it's going to be called AEW Big Business. He said it's going to be one of the most important nights in AEW history uh, and one the entire pro wrestling industry will remember. Tickets go on sale on Saturday says Boston, but they spelt it wrong. Bloody idiots. They put two S's in there, and there was a dollar sign. I mean, it's Mercedes money, isn't it? It is. Uh, it is Mercedes money. Uh, guy who has only watched the first dance. Getting real first dance vibes. <laughs> <laughs> that is the take, isn't it? Boss, baby. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. the first dance. Well, that was really good. Two. Do that again. Colon, Mercedes money. Um, I... It's clearly built around the arrival of Mercedes money. And I and I'm not the only sole voice here. Think that it's about goddamn time you rolled out the red carpet for a women's wrestler to really give this women's division that uh resumates mm. out the okay. yes, yes, yeah. Um it's time to make it feel like the stars reside in this division that Especially you might right want to exactly yeah. it's all coming together. You might want to maybe at some point. Like, um, the idea now is that if this all goes well, and the in- early indications are that they are really trying to make this a huge deal, and I commend them for it, even if it's overdue, this could be a bit of a low-key paradigm shift in much the same way as Danielson, Moxley, CM Punk coming over or jumping in Jericho, you know. Like, what if they get this so right that... Because this AEW women's division has been so poor... And, like, so apathetic. It's a reason we have this incredibly convoluted and increasingly exhausting game. Mm. That the idea of, oh, yeah, yeah, I could probably see Drew McIntyre going to AEW. I know if they keep booking Seth Rollins to, you know, be the B-plus player, having the the consolation belt, he could go to AEW. Can you imagine B 
Bianca Belair going to AEW. It was just the idea was farcical. Mm. Uh, it's like, never say never, right? It's a big time woman star going to AEW. Yeah. That's the new never say never in wrestling. I remember the Rollins conversation was hinged on, yeah, but like Becky wouldn't, and it's just easy for them to stay together. Like, why would they, nobody would consider why would, like, what, If you yeah. are a top women star in WWE and you can be all over the show and you can potentially headline pay per views and all the rest of it. Why would you go to AEW? You just wouldn't. Yeah, I hear Bianca Belair just never going to happen. Mm. Um, but now that there's a Mercedes Monet who could do that, and then it could, as has been reported, really increase the the representation and the parity and the TV time allocated to that women's division. This could be a game changer is what I'm arriving at. And um, it all depends on how it looks originally and how it unfolds from then. For me, my takeaway is that as much as this is a really cool thing, as much as it's obviously Mercedes Money's AEW debut, I would not pattern it entirely after the first dance. I genuinely think that if not Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks is the best North American women's wrestler of all time. Hardly the most stacked field. Um, obviously, we know historically that there are the gold candidates were all from Japan and the All Japan women's. And yet... I don't think anyone has come close to the the peaks set by Sasha Banks. Um, I just don't think they have. That said, as a promo, she's not great. I don't think people are filing into the TD Garden in their thousands upon thousands and are going to get the big 10-minute I'm here and I'm going to take over speech. I don't think it's... First of all, she hasn't been away as long as CM Punk was. Respectfully, she's not the promo that CM Punk mm. was. I would do all of the promotion, do all of the, the Easter eggs. I mean, it's the biggest Easter egg. It's on the name of the thing. But so was the first dance, realistically. Yeah. Continue to do the teasers. Have one wrestler play Darby Allen, but maybe a heel, and say, I know you're coming. And come after me first. You can't just walk in, that sort of thing. And I would have the open challenge gimmick. That's what I think it should look like. I don't think she's quite a strong enough promo to do a first dance to. I just don't. She's certainly the best women's North American wrestler ever, in my opinion. Therefore, an open challenge. Nice 12 minutes against, I don't know who, um, Deeb. Like Deeb versus Money. Oh, boy. <laughs> absolutely unbelievable. Um, so that's what I would do personally. Um, purely because she's much better in the ring than she is on the microphone. Yeah, it goes down... You could uh, do both. Yeah. It goes down just over... Nine days! After uh, AW Revolution, of course. I just assumed uh, that it was going to be a sort of timeless Tony Storm in the ring. There's no one as big a star as me, darling. And then out comes Mercedes Money. But you've got an interesting pitch. How would you have Mercedes debut in AEW? Well, stumbled upon something last week when we were talking about this, with the fact that Mariah May continues to, when Tony Storm isn't looking, position herself as the next challenger. She's creeping up the rankings. There's a couple of times where wrestlers have said, you're a messenger girl, go and do this. And she's I'm not. Don't misread what's going on here. But Storm has no clue. And the fix could be in where Tony Storm defeats Deanna Parazzo, as we think she now might especially. As great as that match could be, it does suddenly feel a bit more predictable, doesn't it? You've got to keep the belt on Storm. And there's a contract presented to her with MM on it. That's 2020 to 2021 AEW stuff. And Mariah May and Tony Storm, for the first time, is awoken to this idea of, oh, God, my challenger, 
Like, this understudy is somebody I should have been taking seriously to take my place. And Mariah May is, no, 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 not me, not me, not me. No, 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 huge pop. Everybody's just waiting for it to arrive, as we said with the CM Punk thing. The excitement is not on the if, it's on the when and the how. Mm. So that's, again, that's why it was absolutely worth copying your own homework here. Because she's been talked about for so long. She's been featured on Mm -hmm. camera at Wembley. Play on that, sell tickets, and get people hyped to take their Sasha Banks, their Mercedes Manet signs, all the the iconography of that character at this point to enjoy that mm. ahead of seeing AW's first presentation of it. It's going to be so. To Sid's point about this, you have the chance, I think, if you really want to prove that you are going all the way with a character that has moved the needle in the past of building Tony Storm, who remember is front and center of the All In poster. Mm-hmm. She's like in black and white, AW logo, wrestlers, 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 Tony Storm, front and center. I don't think it's that wild to pitch Tony Storm versus Mercedes Manet as the double or nothing main event. Double or nothing, money, Vegas, like all that sort of iconography around it. Headline the paper. You make a statement immediately that you've bought somebody in that mm. you, you as a company buy as credible, and we are asking fans to go with us on this one. And with you, Sage, I think that, like, other than the noise and her not being able to hear over all this music, <laughs> I wouldn't want to put the microphone in front of her for too long so that she hangs herself. But she's not that bad, mate. She's not terrible, exactly. Like, mm. but a challenge or a, a gesture of I'm here and everybody's in trouble and I'm starting right at the top. I know that sometimes feels like you may be like killing it because you're sort of saying, well, well, what else is there to do? Have her lead is what you mm. do, is you put her right at the top of the card. She's one of them. Yeah, I was going to ask you, how soon would you have a title match? And I know you talked about Mane Pretty versus, ace, versus, versus, what is it, Hater? You said it all in? You like That would be the match yeah. I would like to see. I'd have Mane win that belt really quite quickly. Mm. Really quite quickly. Uh, in addition, the reason why I think they should have the open challenge debut with a match route is that it's not as if she's making her first appearance in wrestling after spending... After the shimmer stuff, virtually all of her time is a star of any renown in the WWE system. Not only has she done the big sort of new character reveal, yeah. I guess, even though it's basically the same thing. Not only has she done it, it fell pretty goddamn flat at New Japan Wrestle Kingdom. Um, it'd be different. Obviously, it's in Boston. <laughs> but it didn't look particularly great. She's done that one. You can only do that once, I think, mm-hmm. that... I'm back and I'm in a new place. Thanks for buying a ticket just for this two minutes. Especially when she's done it once and it fell flat. You can only do it once. She's done it. I want to see a match. And as well, like North American, a North American television. I want to see what her hair looks like. She's always got the best goddamn hair. <laughs> awesome hair. Like North American television is, it's a bit, it's a nice mix. It's familiar compared to when she debuted at Wrestle Kingdom. And yeah, it's, Brand spanking new, yeah. so you you can get the best of both mm. ways. You can have your cake and eat it too. I think with with a Mercedes Monet because she's far more comfortable in this environment than she ever would have been arriving at Wrestle Kingdom in a division that didn't really exist for a match that was only going to get certain billing. Mm. Here, she's headlined yeah. North American TV wrestling shows before countless times. The alternative, if it's just the debut, I'm here. Here's my new look. Here's a hint towards my direction. You could load that show up. With like yeah. just class match after class match, and people wouldn't feel shortchanged about the idea of going in big number to a big arena. I mean, that should be the norm with AEW, though. That's the thing. It should be the norm. It just mm. hasn't been because it's been really cold. It's fun to think as well of someone like her. It's the first time in a while 
Again, maybe it'll be a year of paradigm shifts if AEW does have this 2024 that Tony Khan certainly wants to have. But this is such a difference from how we were talking in 2023. The pendulum just swings, doesn't it? Like last year, it was absolutely... We've even said it with Okada. Last year, it was absolutely right. Well, like, who else do you want to see in WWE now? Because there's this lineup of great matches with X and Y and Z. I'm not saying the pendulum has just instantly swung back with AEW, but because the women's division is only now... Mm inexcusably, realistically, but only now just starting to feel like it's coming alive. Sash, uh, Mercedes Monet doing this now stands to change the conversation in AEW's favour of, you know, maybe we would be looking at Becky Lynch in six to eight mm. months of, now is the time for you to jump. Now is the time yeah. for Bianca Belair to think, have I done everything that I can do in this mm. of my contract? And is now the time for me to look? That's, I think, what's really exciting about this. It can be fumbled, but I think... Match-wise, she's too good. Mm. She's too good to blow it, but you just need to see... You need to see booking from them that we've never really seen. Yeah. A commitment like we've never seen from them yet. That's the nervousness around it. Well, let us know your thoughts on how Mercedes Monet should debut for AEW, either in the comment section below or on X at what culture WWE. And we're going to move on now to Kanosuke Takeshita versus Chris Skip. Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I had a feeling that one was coming. I like the bit where I nearly took Jericho's head you're, you're only down on this show, whatculture.com forward slash WWE, of course. Yes, if you want to read the transcript of this podcast, you can do so <laughs> at whatculture.com slash WWE. I mean, obviously, the central issue of which is Jericho's just presence on the show, basically. And his work. Yes. Um, so Let's I'll not forget the work. I'll go, I'll go <laughs> through the match. Bit, bit was really funny. Pre- it's the vibes, it's, uh, it's everything, but I'll, I'll slaughter it all. Give us uh, some time. Uh, that horn sticking in the floor. Hang it up. <laughs> My favorite was he couldn't really <laughs> see, so he only sort of hit the gesture with that. But yeah, a couple, I thought you made a stupid idiot. He made a tit of himself. <laughs> <laughs> so Jericho actually is in control early on. Takeshi goes out to the floor and yeah. Callis slaps him to wake him up. Um... And uh, Takeshita's like, all right, and brain busters Jericho on the floor. Um, Hobbs gets involved after Jericho hits a double axe handle. Um, that allows uh, Jericho to take back over. And he gets nailed in the back, does Hobbs, with a steel chair held by Sammy Guevara. He no-sells it, so Guevara hits a cutter off the apron. Now he's sort of stumbling around, and Guevara just chair shots the face, basically. No, no protection, whatever, and they fight through the crowd to the back. Uh, this is where Jericho put on that demon mask and sort of it Takeshita off the top. That takes us to a break. The dumbass. The horn was honestly like wedged on the ground. The whole whole thing was a joke, pal. Go away. Come back. (laughs) Kesta hits a sort of sit-out F5 and a running boot that snaps Jericho's head against the ropes. Um, Dived over the top, dive to the outside. Takeshi wants a top rope sent on, but Jericho gets the knees up. He wants the line salt, but uh, Takeshi gets his knees up. Um, Jericho takes the walls of Jericho. Takeshi rolls through. Um, tries for a crunchy and it all goes a bit wrong, basically. Um, the Takeshita, the Takeshita line gets counted into a code breaker. Jericho hits a bulldog, but Takeshita counts the line salt into a blue thunderbomb for two. Jericho tries a sort of corner hurricane rana. Takeshita slips out and hits an avalanche blue thunderbomb for a two count. And Jericho's <sighs> head bounces. <laughs> um... Takeshita hits the power drive knee, goes for another, but Jericho blocks it into the walls of Jericho. So Callis slides a chair in to distract the ref and nails Jericho with the screwdriver. Takeshita puts him in the walls of Jericho. They do the arm drop thing. Jericho fights that, but Takeshita just switches it into a lion table and gets the submission. I was kind of the last guy to say that Chris Jericho's finished because he always had that match where it's like, oh, you're not finished. Oh, that funny joke. He's still a little bit amusing to me. That, obviously, all of that affection was gone by the end of December of last year. 
and as a worker, he's he's I think he's officially done. I'm the as the ombudsman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to declare it. I mean, Jesus Christ! Here's uh, Chris Jericho, right? So called Master of Reinvention. Kind of know when to go away and come back. Like, where are those things? Mm. Do one of two, one of the two, preferably both. <laughs> My God, he could not look more like a complete dinosaur. He is a midlife crisis writ large. He is the absolute. De- you know, you know, no. you know. You've seen Futurama. Mm-hmm. Is it Slims? Okay. He just can't stop partying. Yeah, doesn't know when the party's over. The you drink know. looks good. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Drink Slim. That's Chris Jericho. He do, he, he looks like the, uh, the definitional. Slim is it Slims McKenzie? Yeah, like yeah. Spuds McKenzie. Yeah. Guy. He is the definitional. You need to go away, and you you are clinging on to literally everything for dear life. He is clinging on to that hairstyle. Mm-hmm. That rock star lifestyle that looks increasingly tragic as the years roll by. He is holding on to certain prehistoric attitudes towards things. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say that. He's like, you can see the whites of his knuckles. He is holding on, <laughs> and it's horrendous. So what's happened is Chris Jericho has found himself in rather a lot of silly bother, right? And... Chris Jericho, the extent to which he's a creep is unknown and it can't really be talked about mm. because, as we've discussed, there's not really been an allegation. There's just a stink, a mm. total stink surrounding Chris Jericho. And he knows it. And AEW knows it. Why he's only on Dynamite now after putting him on Rampage and Battle of the Belts and playing his music during his big angles and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So he knows what's up. He knows what people think. And what's happening now is that his... Apparent masterstroke is I'll wrestle bangers and I'll wrestle my way out of this one. And it's like, you are miles off the pace. You are risking. He's miles off it. Imagine having a shootout with Kanosuke Takeshita. It just looked horrendous. Suspension of disbelief was impossible, right? It's easier to believe Sting versus Ricky Starks than Jericho versus Takeshita. Like, he looks finished. He is unable, it would seem, to protect himself during the sorts of moves that he really needs to be on top of. He looks disheveled. He looks knackered. Um, he looks like he's doing. He looks like an old man doing a young person's game at last. Some of those moves look terrifying. The story was just impossible to believe. Again, like him doing a shootout with Takeshita, and like again this fable Jericho rub suck my geck. Like what? Who gets anything out of this? You got a light smattering of Jericho chants. You got like Ugh, noises when it all went awry, and it did like it was train wreck at points this match. Jericho doesn't get over anymore because he loses all the time, and no one gets over at Jericho's expense because he doesn't have the credibility. Everyone kind of knows what he's doing now, and um, the idea is you should emerge from a match like this. Oh, Takesh is a killer. Mm. I left this match thinking Chris Jericho's a corny. Yeah. Like, the one, two, oh, I've had a screwdriver in the head and I've had interference and all the rest of it. So I'm kind of the toughest guy in the world. Proper don't work me, bro, finish that, wasn't it? Like, the, oh, you've thought in your head, I couldn't put him over more here, could I? But I know you're thinking that, so as a result, I don't believe Yeah, finish. he's just, he made like, a tip himself with that dive of the mat. He can't even do, you remember the big reinvention of Jericho? When he was at the Wrestle Kingdom, yes, and he had the um, the he nicked it off the fo- uh, the camera off the photographer, and he's giving it the bird and doing pictures. Yeah. Like, oh, what a showman Jericho is again! He can't even do that anymore. 
Mm. And that's worrying if Chris Jericho can't even do a little bit of patter in the match. I literally couldn't do it. You fell flat on his f***ing ass. <laughs> this was pretty embarrassing. Like, he, I've watched two Chris Jericho matches in two weeks and thought, oh, he's dead three times. Mm. It, he's, it's a young man's game. He is an old man. It's becoming really apparent. And uh, he's trying to wrestle bangers his way out of it. It's simply not working. It's looking increasingly dangerous. Either he's got two options here. He needs to start working smarter because working hard is looking pretty injurious, or he needs to go away for a long old time. I just I hated how much of an obligation all of this felt. I felt obliged to watch this as a viewer. Doesn't feel like it's going to end either. No, well that's it. I felt like I was being told to because the wrestlers had decided, or whoever had decided. Well, got to got to pay it off. You don't. Chris Jericho could just go away. He got his ass kicked by Powerhouse. Mm. Obviously, this feud was dead weeks and weeks and weeks ago, and it was pretty much dead when Kenny Omega like pulled up hurt, and then it was like, well, they can't even book the proper match. Nobody was asking for the Sammy Guevara substitute. Just kill it now. Mm. Nobody was. But again, that's that like. La, 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 like Chris Jericho attitude towards all of this and everything else. Um, so it was just a really frustrating watch. Like, I, I pick on this quite a lot. I hate it when wrestlers just do stuff because that's what wrestlers do. Konosuke Takeshita, I appreciate he wasn't winning matches, but Konosuke Takeshita was this fantastic pro wrestler. Just phenom. That just couldn't quite get the win and joins Don Callis because Don Callis has identified him as the natural replacement to Kenny Omega, regardless of results. He picks Will Ospreay, and he picks Konosuke Takeshita, because in there, he sees two men that can absolutely replace Kenny Omega. They're better than he ever was. They're the best athletes of the day. Yeah, better than, he, better than yeah, like, yeah. I, I have no use for Kenny Omega anymore. So it doesn't matter that Takeshita's not winning, because I've seen the greatness. How would he recruit Jericho, then? <laughs> I've seen greatness in him, and I can get Like an head. even older, more dying horse. And then, because it's wrestling... You know what I mean? That makes no sense. I've just thought of that. <laughs> but because it's wrestling, great. But it's a great point. Bring it in. <laughs> but isn't the point is the whole d- deal was right? Can you make it eight percent? Eighty percent is better than everyone at hundred. He's still at eighty percent. I need a younger guy, a meal ticket. So I go for Takeshita. I'll get Osprey as well. Who's there? Yeah, this hip new gunslinger on the scene. That's why it's Chris <laughs> Jericho. Wait a second. Is that David Bowie? Oh no, it's Chris Jericho. <laughs> He's that's it. He's just he's been like he's watched the wrong tapes. He's watched like you know you watched that episode of The Apprentice from last year. <laughs> yeah. Callus watched uh, the Jericho Cruise from about four years ago when he was dressed as a young buck. Yeah. yeah. Is there a third young buck? A third, <laughs> a third buck. I'll take him. Another member of the elite. Yeah. Wet. Uh, aye. Just uh, wrestling. Just <laughs> wrestlers do things <laughs> because he's even older, more dying. Horse. That's what he is. Dead rum. Takeshita winning. Like he kicks loads of ass yeah. in this match. Yeah, sorry. And then he wins with a submission because Jericho's taking a screwdriver to the face. <laughs> which, again, Don Callis has thought, oh, have, I, um, have I brought Takeshi to suck, actually? <laughs> best bring my screwdriver and cheek because my guy's he getting his ass He did slap Takeshi as well. That just, again, it's like, is this, does this, is Don Callis kind of being a carny just doing all of this to service himself? Well, but otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, like, forget all that. Book this. I'm not suggesting that Takeshi has to squash him like Hobbs did because that didn't work. It didn't get Hobbs anymore over because he did wrestle Chris Jericho. To, to Suji's point, he's not getting. He's not. It, Jericho's not helping anybody. But he kicked his ass through most of this match. Just beat him. Mm. Just beat him and go away, Chris Jericho. But no, they can't even do that. And then for Jericho to have the goal to after the cheating and after the interference, been like, look, guys, I'm, I'm doing the honors. 
I'm paying it forward. No, you're not. You just took a screwdriver to the face. Like Chris Jericho is one of the all time worst of of just hit my move. I think take about five days to make the cover. <laughs> he's the worst for yeah. that. I, I this was anything but doing the honors. Mm. He's wrestling parlance, and I just just made us feel. Can't sense. keep getting away with this one. Takesh is no further forward. No. Palace family's cooked. Don't like any of it. Well, let's get to the main event instead because oh, the yeah. uh, tag titles are on the line. Of course, in a tornado tag, it was uh, Sting and Darby Allen challenging the champions, Ricky Starks and Big Beal. Sting's kids are there in the front row. Um, the bland national. Yes. Very good. Yes. Um, <laughs> what a minute, we'll go home. I thought you were going to go to Sting's kids for a second. Like, what's wrong with it? Anyway. Um, See the size them. Stick one of them in the face. Please. Yeah. Uh, Bill immediately slams Alan into the guardrail right in front of the uh, family of Sting and Sting and Sarkis. Like he Tory. So Sting and Stark sort of brought into the crowd, and then Sting disappears. Um, He's still so jockeying for position. Yeah. Bill and Starks are beating up Alan, and then you suddenly see in the balcony above everyone, Sting appear, and he does that, his own signi- uh, yeah. Yeah, signature yeah. dive onto the pile. And, and he's the first one up as well, which uh-huh. obviously he's meant to be, but, you know, that's still ridiculous at his age. It's amazing. That takes us to picture in picture. Um, we come back, Stinger splash against the barricade on Bill, who just no-sells it and runs. Big Bill looked awesome in his this His taunts match. were hilarious, even by his standards. Yeah, great night for Big Bill. My favourite bit was, I think immediately after this, he, so he no-sells that, take, kills Sting, turns around, Darby Allen tries a dope and he just grabs him mid-air and hits a big boss oh man slam. Oh, my God. It looked unbelievable. Um, it was like, like Abyss had that as a finisher where they'd be running at him. Like, bring this back for Big Bill. Yeah. Have more people run at him and just spin him in the air for ages. Yeah. I think it kept going then, because I think then he gets him up in a choke in the ring, slams him down, and then just goes... <laughs> and, <his laughs> and I was like, see... He forgotten this is meant to be, you know, like a bit of a back and forth. He's just going to kill Darby Allen in front of us. Um, so they, Bill and Stark set up a table. Um, Stark's like press slam Darby Allen through it, but Sting makes the save. He fights off both of them, runs wild, uh, dodges a big boot from Bill. He, that crotches him. Uh, Stark sneaks up behind though and hits a scorpion death drop, but Darby Allen breaks up the pin. Um, then Sting and Allen hit Stinger and Coffin splashes on Bill in the corner. A code red and a coffin dropped to the floor by Darby Allen connected on Big Bill. Starks misses an integuri on Sting who puts him in the Scorpion Deathlock. But Bill appears again. It looks like he's got Darby Allen on his back in his sleep. He's looking like he's going cr- to climb into the ring and break it all up. Um, but Darby Allen gouges his eyes and they both fall through the table that's been set up. Starks gets the ropes, but it's Tornado Tag, of course. But he you know, manages to get it so that Sting can't really hold on to it. Sting tries for a Stinger splash. Starks move. Stings hits the exposed turnbuckle because he pulls the thing off as he dodges it. Um, Sting fires back up. Starks sort of hesitates. Sting fires back up. Starks does hit a spear, though, for a great two count. Goes for another one. Runs straight into a scorpion death drop. One, two, three. Sting and Darby Allen are tag team champions. I've manifested this for three years. Yes. <laughs> and it's finally goddamn happened. Delighted. This was excellent and wonderful. At the same time, my God, I loved it when I saw Sting. You know what? Talk about cinema. Look at the button while I oh, talk. yes. The actual shoot cinematography of Sting looking like the vigilante of old. Mm. It's like, 
it's a bit early for this one. <laughs> don't yes. you don't you like kind of walk and brawl and it's magic and then do this at the end mm. and they just did it and I was like it's the first <laughs> to get up as well as he said. I'm thinking right if he's done the sting big end of match yeah. thing now. I'm thinking ooh he's gonna play a role in the finish here. This was Sting being 2021 AEW Sting slash the end of his TNA run Sting run Sting again. There's a there's a bit of a spring in those Stinger splashes, and he bumped, and he got back up, and he did his trademarks, and everything was all wonderfully paced. At the Derby stuff, creating movement as Sting sort of gets back up and G's himself for the finish. But my God, the thing is, he's still watching Sting, and it's like he looked a bit of the the old 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 Sting. If that makes any sense, mm. right? Um, but at the it's the magic is that. Because you can see him through the lens of a child. This is so expertly arranged. All the Derby stuff was great. I thought the, the table swap with Big Bill where I can't beat him. I'll have to take us both out. Oh, yes, that's so so goddamn clever, right? In character, that as well. Yeah. He, he'll do that. Yeah. Uh, you, that's not even like sacrifice himself. That's just, that's Saturday afternoon for Derby. <laughs> like, uh, he used the word protect or wrestling tries to use the word protect. How could he? A, a magnificent job of protecting Big Bill. Like, I can't beat him. I, mm. I can, I'll have to sacrifice myself to take this guy out. Moxley yeah. and um, Brody Lee. Yeah. That, isn't it? Like. Ha- I'm, how can I stop him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this like, man is a human monster. Yeah. What am I going to do? Exactly, exactly. So it was left to uh, Sting and Starks, and he has to bump. And as I said, you can view Sting through the lens of a child, feel like the kid again. That's like the ultimate magic of this, one of the great time all promoter wrestler collaborations ever. And yet, when it's convenient for them, he's still a 64-year-old dude <laughs> taking a spear, and you think he can't get up. He cannot, I don't think he can kick out or get up. And I've seen, unfortunately, matches where Sting can't. So it kind of works on mm. that meta layer. And he got up at 2.99 and a kicked ass. And he hit the Scorpion death drop like it was 2009. Mm. It was just absolutely wonderful. It's the magic of Terry Funk and ECW, but the work is exponentially better. Yeah. And I know it's like sacrilege to criticize any of Terry Funk's thing, but he played heavily, as he should have done, on an old man that's walked into a war zone yeah. and can still fight. That's Sting. But Christ, the work. I don't know. It's like, we should be putting over more this, like, physical impossibility that is most Sting matches. should be on the news. Like, when, it should be on when the old, news. When old people do acts of incredible physical feats, like, I've started thinking of Satomo walking around his garden, right? Yes. Go up Everest. Uh, ridiculously. Foiled Mar- mugging. Marathons. Yeah. All these acts of, like, like, the body is weak, but the mind and every the spirit is able and willing and let's go. Sting does this every time he enters the <laughs> ring. And wrestling itself is insane. He we hasn't, talked about this. He I hasn't don't want to quite, once. He hasn't quite done it for about a year, which is well, why I was all the more, like, impressed by this yeah. and encouraged by this ahead of the Bucks mm. match. Oh, well, speaking of which... Is um, what a baby face? If he really is one of the few baby faces. I love, I love this. Like, you're the best at this, I think, in the whole game. Like, I'll take guys. Sting's a good baby face. <laughs> Write that down. Yeah. Right but he genuinely feels like he needs the energy of the crowd to lift him up. Yeah. Because he might. He actually might. He's all. He's everyone's dad or granddad, depending on your wrestling but He's everyone's age. baby face hero as well. <laughs> With a good AW t-shirt. Oh, that t-shirt's good. Seeing the two faces of him. Yeah, yeah. Screaming. So anyway, post-match, big oh, celebration. Sting's sons jump the rail, celebrate. The confetti starts raining down. 
Who's here to ruin the party? But Matthew, oh got to get the Heat brother and oh my god, and Nicholas Jackson. <laughs> they are in their white suits. I'll throw to you in a second with their matching baseball bats. They lay oh, out white Sting, bat, oh my god, Sting, Allen, both of the sons. Darby Allen gets busted wide open, and the blood just so happens to go all over the Young Bucks suits. They hit the BTE trigger, which has now been renamed to the EVP trigger. There's more bat shots to the ribs of Sting. Uh, the Bucks stand tall. Commentary says, well, no one could come out to help since the Bucks are EVPs. They might fear for their jobs. Um, and the Bucks hold up the AW tag titles in their blood-covered suits to end the show. It's early. This is the most I've felt for the Young Bucks since 2021. Loved, loved, loved this so much. You know what's really good, and it's so good that you shouldn't not do it, is when a wrestler ahead of an expected grudge match or stick match wears white so the blood shows up there. Mm-hmm. Good as it is, it's a bit contrived. Like it is. It doesn't feel like this. feels like, all right, well, we know what we have to do because we know what's going to happen. And therefore, by definition, it's a little bit contrived. The Bucks have been wearing white suits for weeks now. Mm-hmm. And then it, the real reason why it's just revealed itself. That is prime AEW thought. That is an indication to me that the books are dialed in. Mm. The whole execution of this and the audience reaction and all the boring bits that everyone can see for themselves, incredible, really well done. But that level of detail was fantastic. And another great choice, I thought, was they knew that they were going to stack this card up. They knew that they were probably, if they were ever going to get a good house on TV, like a really good one by modern standards, it would be this one, given the show. That's when you see the books on camera do something physical for the first time. They give themselves, this is great strategic work, and quite frankly, they give themselves the best backdrop possible right now, ahead of Revolution anyway, Yes, to come back properly. It made them feel big. It, really, like, it just feels like they could be back. And I'm delighted at this. And I, I just didn't expect CM Punk, Young Bucks, Trade Fortunes <laughs> yes. in 2024. Like, I love love this tag team. I think they're the best ever. I honestly thought they were finished and just didn't care anymore. This was, as a long-time fan of these guys, this is magic. There was a bit, and I know he was, I know he does this thing where it's like, it's a sell of the situation and it's a bit meta. You know, when like Matt Jackson was doing the, like heavy breathing when the camera focused in on him. And he's obviously got, like, you can see Nick in the background just wailing away, but like he's just taking in this moment. It reminded me a lot of John Moxley doing the same at Double or Nothing. And that's what I think there's this, the reset starts now. Mm. It wasn't in the comeback at Daly's Place and it wasn't in the little skits and bits. It was the right now because I think everybody, there was definitely just a different feeling in the air. Yeah, we like them being assholes when what? they came back, but like you say, you needed to see something. Physical, yeah. like you say. Well, do you know what I think was, this to me was like the exact opposite of the Chris Jericho situation. I think there was just as much reality to this um, as Jericho trying to like hide reality by performing this role. I think the books are doing the same, but the reality is a much nicer one. The reality is a one that you want to engage with. They have still never, up until Revolution, where it's finally going to happen, had their tag team pay-per-view main event. I don't failed. necessarily think that's happening. I think it's going on last 100 It should. I'll have a passy bet way on that. Well, I'm not that convinced, so no. But I, was, <laughs> but I, I said it, it, like, I was actually the first guy to call this. As soon as I said it, I was like, Sting's going on last. And they've sold the whole pay-per-view around him. I think this main event, I think this is, and they were having that moment, and it's like, that's again what helps this, like, we are back. We are mm. absolutely back. Everything is going to feel right with the Young Bucks. This match will 100% deliver. Um, 
and it's going to be in the spot that they feel like like they deserve. It, like the cloud. We always talk about a cloud as related to CM Punk. Hangman Page verbalised it on television. It was said pretty much in 2020. Like the clouds parted. Mm. Yeah, like the Young Bucks didn't feel like, even last year when the Elite got back together, there was almost a certain like stubborn energy to it all. Yeah. Like, we've got to show this solidarity on television to help people that are struggling with this divide feel like everything's going to be all right. This is just totally different. Like, it's not, it was never just a punk problem, but it, everything was going to take time. And it finally feels like for the Young Bucks, the clouds have just parted it so that they can just enjoy what they've helped create in all of this, you know, in AEW. And it just, that I think that was more than the beatdown, which as Sid points out, like the traditional stuff is still goaded, like heavy heat angle to sell a match and blood and all of that. Super Timing of it was perfect as well. Yes. Why would you wait a week? Aye. For like Aye. the celebration for the champions next week on Dynamite. Do it when it hurts the most. And the bats show that it's premeditated. So it's not just like opportunistic. Like as soon as they rocked out and do it. When are we going to beat up uh, Sting and Darby? Yeah. Oh, then. Right, right now, while his kids are in the ring, ideally. Um, yeah, I think it, I don't think it is too premature to say they're back. I just think it needed a set of circumstances uh, to help them along with it. That rest, that nice rest and happenstance. Mm. And they've had that, plus their ability to do what so few can. This was magic. This was absolute AW Young Bucks stink. Magic, all of them. Together. I, I think it's a crime if this doesn't headline. I, I would almost say that. I agree. I, I think they should like they could smatter sting packages throughout the pape as well. Yeah. It is a triple threat. Like, was the last time AEW had really? a triple threat? A three way. My apologies. <laughs> that was, a, yeah, I know. Double or nothing. Double or nothing, right? And that didn't headline then either, did it? Nope. So there's there's yeah. your sort of. And. Khan likes his singles title main events. Yeah. But not. And if it's not going on last, you think, oh, there might not be a title switch here. Yeah. Mm. But she'll help the drama of that one too. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's cooking. It's almost like they could be back. You, your pitch for them, the young bucks winning the belt of "I'm sorry, I love you" with a, with a one last super kick, and then the no sell is just it's perfect. Like it, for the for the title, It'll and be the, the first uh, young bucks spot that I've uh, made happen. <laughs> I think that, that they're just, the best at spots. I'm, so I'm going. I'm going. That away makes from, me the best. I'm going away from the no sell. <laughs> Many people are saying. I think he should just actually win the match with it, like Sting is doing the roof. Like, you know, I put him out of his misery. Like doing the victory lap rather than yeah, the yeah. <laughs> We did it. Why's nobody, why's nobody cheering? We won the belts. A great ending to the show, though. Uh, do let us know your thoughts on AW Dynamite in the comment section below uh, or on X at What Culture WWE. Watch, they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, as I said. Follow our brilliant producer at It's Adam Nicholas. And make sure you subscribe yeah. to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily day. daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow to, of course, preview AEW Collision. I won't. Uh, but oh, <laughs> God, I. But for now, this has been the Dynamite Review. My thanks to Hamlet Cedric. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.